I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disoriented this afternoon. I'm not really quite sure how to conduct a radio talk show in the state of Illinois when the words Bill Backlog are no longer part of our vocabulary. But as of today, Comptroller Susana Mendoza says that's exactly the case. We, we don't have a Bill Backlog anymore. Comptroller Susana Mendoza is live with us this afternoon. Help me understand this, because I'm having a hard time reconciling that with the fact that we live in Illinois. What is going on? I know. I just feel like saying, hallelujah. <laughs> it's about time. Yes, Jim, I could not be happier I'm not going to let today's horrible weather damper my spirits at all. Uh, the fact that we have now moved away from a bill backlog, which was as bad as $16.7 billion. Um, that's what I walked into when I became the controller. And to now, today has now been put to rest. Um, and today what we did was we paid down yesterday, last night, the um, the remaining $297 million of interfund borrowing that we had to use to get through the two-year budget impasse. So we don't owe a penny of short-term debt anymore in that respect. And so it's the perfect time to let taxpayers know that we no longer have a bill backlog. We now are talking about an accounts payable, and that is nothing more than what the normal cost of running daily operations for the state of Illinois on any given day are. And roughly it's about $3 billion or so, uh, two and a half to $3 billion a month. And today, our bill back, well, no longer bill back, like I'm so used to saying it, right? Our accounts payable for the state of Illinois is right at the $3 billion mark. And my oldest bill, that means like the oldest bill that I have yet to pay, is only 15 days, well under the pristine 30-day payment cycle that we'd want to have as a state. So Illinois has not looked this good in decades. Is this the result of shrewd fiscal management? Did we have a wealthy uncle die? We hit the Powerball? How, how did we get from $16.7 billion in the hole to just the, the normal functioning course of business? Well, let me say that I'm not going to eat humble pie right now, and I'm going to tell you that you have a great controller. And I have an amazing, amazing staff at the controller's office, and we've been very dedicated to turning our state's financial uh, narrative around, you know, one that was – before I took office, eight consecutive credit downgrades during the most incredible bull market of our lifetime. It's really inexcusable. Um, and also, uh, you know, the prior administration ran up almost $17 billion of unpaid bills. Um, those eight credit downgrades, $17 billion in unpaid bills, and a bill payment delay of what I walked into when I became controller, the average payment cycle was 210 business days. That's nine and a half months. It's almost a year. And some businesses were made to wait two years before they got paid. And so, you know, I walked in to manage what at the time was the worst fiscal crisis in the state's history and get that turned around. And not only have I navigated the state out of not just one fiscal crisis, but now two with the pandemic. And so to say that we've gone from those horrible numbers that I just gave you to an accounts payable where we're paying our bills on time, we're actually paying faster in the controller's office today than the private sector pays. And, you know, when they say you should run government like a business, well, we're running it better than a business right now when it comes to our accounts payable. So I'm very proud of that work, but it took a lot of, you know, it was the last five years, essentially, of uh, doing a bond deal that took us from paying 12% interest on $6 billion worth of bills, refinancing, refinancing that at 3.5% interest. That deal alone is going to save taxpayers between Four and six billion dollars on what would have been late payment interest penalties. 
And then I took that $6 billion back in 2017, and I leveraged every single federal matching bill I could find where I'd get 50 cents on the dollar uh, from the federal government, and I turned $6 billion into $9 billion and cut $9 billion off an almost $17 billion backlog. And I've really employed that same strategy um, throughout the last four years that I've been in office after that initial bond deal went through. And so we've done really smart fiscal moves, most importantly, now with a governor who believes in balanced budgets, that has certainly been very helpful in making sure that we're not overspending our means. And when we did have um, additional revenues uh, this year, because the economy was doing better because of the federal stimulus direct into people's homes, not the federal stimulus that came to Illinois, but that went to people's households and was poured into the economy, that certainly helped propel our revenues. And we utilized that revenue instead of for new spending to pay down existing debt. So we're in a much better position today than we've been in many years. And the fundamentals of how we got there are independent of federal stimulus. We should be able to continue this forward progress. Clearly, we are paying bills much faster than we were. But I do have to note, and this may just be anecdotal, but uh, for example, on the Capital Facts uh, website today, there were commenters talking about how uh, some of their uh, state worker health care and dental bills are, are still months delayed in, in getting paid and their medical providers are still waiting for their money there. So do we still have isolated pockets of problems, maybe in some agencies? Do we still have some uh, if you'll pardon the expression, backlog of, of some bills sitting somewhere? So that's a great point to bring up. And those bills will all be addressed um, as soon as this budget is passed, which I believe is just, you know, essentially a month away or so, or not even a month away, but, you know, it's going to get passed and then the governor has to sign it. So over the next few weeks, um, because Governor Pritzker, as part of that budget, is including $898 million to pay down the oldest bills that had not had an appropriation. Now, remember, I know this is kind of like wonky speak here, but the controller's office can only pay bills that have been appropriated for. So if there is no existing appropriation for that bill, that means that the legislature didn't say we're providing money to pay we're providing approval to pay for these bills, um, then I cannot pay the bill even if the bill has been incurred. And so there's almost $900 million in group health insurance from back in the Rauner era that had not been paid yet because it had not been appropriated. But this year's budget does include an appropriation for the entire amount. So those will be the last bills remaining um, in group health insurance that were part of that original bill backlog. Uh, and we're going to pay all of them off uh, before June 30th. So I'm super excited about that. And everybody who's been waiting will no longer be waiting. And that was like the last remnant of it. But it's already been appropriated in the process of being appropriated. And that means as soon as that appropriation is finalized, those will be the first bills that go out the door. Talking with Illinois Comptroller Susanna Mendoza today about uh, definite improvements in Illinois' fiscal condition. Uh, we know there is still red ink sitting out there, though, including in the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund. The deal came together last week to pay down a portion of that debt back to the federal government. Still about $1.8 billion that they're still working through and negotiating. Uh, were you okay with the deal that didn't pay down that entire debt and left some of it to be dealt with later? And, and how are we going to resolve that situation? So I think I've been a very loud voice on trying to get that debt paid off as quickly as humanly possible. Now, it is important to differentiate that debt from what used to be the debts that I've been working to pay down. Um, the unemployment insurance trust fund money, those debts do not come out of the state's general revenue fund. 
Um, that's the fund that had this tremendous backlog in the past, which is now paying its bills on time. So thankfully, these are debts that do not come out of uh, rank-and-file taxpayers' pockets. Those are um, monies that are paid for by the business community and labor as well through benefits. And so, um, you know, the business community, I think they've made it clear, they have said that they were fully on board the agreement of the $2.7 billion of ARPA money, that's the federal stimulus that did come to the state directly, uh, being allocated to um, avoid a, tr you know, a tremendous, what would have been a tremendous tax increase for the businesses. Um, so this is not going to be paid for by taxpayers. It is going to be paid for by businesses, and the state is allocating a very significant portion of its remaining ARPA funds to that effort. Now, business and labor both negotiated with the governor's office. Um, I honestly was hoping they'd pay as much as they could out of ARPA. Um, I realistically thought that they might pay up to $2 billion. And I was happy to see that they ended up at 2.7 instead of at 2. So I was advocating for all of the ARPA money, frankly, to go to that. But the business and labor community came together, and they were comfortable with the 2.7 number. And the rest of how they get the rest um, put together will have to be through further negotiations. You've also sought uh, a waiver of the interest on that debt from the federal government. That's tens of millions of dollars. Where does that request stand? And would that include interest we've already paid on, on that borrowed money? So I have not actually paid the interest on that. And remember, um, I don't pay interest on interest, so I don't need to rush the interest payments out the door. I'm going to hold off to see what happens at the national level. But I have led a um, an effort where I, I put together seven other states that are similarly trying to figure out how they come about paying for the entirety of, of the unemployment insurance trust fund advances that they got from the federal government. And um, my request has been if they could waive the extension on when interest payments take effect, because as of September 6th of 2021, the state of Illinois and every other state in America that utilized these funds started to incur interest for not having paid back the debt in its entirety. Now, I hate paying interest because that's taxpayer money set on fire. And this is why I've been so vocal about the need to get this debt paid off sooner rather than later. Um, because I don't every week that goes by, we've been essentially on the hook for another two million dollars in interest payments that I'd rather not have to uh, pay. And that interest does come out of the general revenue fund, unlike the four and a half billion that has to be paid back to the federal government that the businesses pay for um, through payroll taxes and things of that nature. The interest on the debt does unfortunately come out of the general revenue fund, which is what we use to pay schools and hospitals and everything else. And I don't want a penny of it coming out of that fund. When they set the September 6th date for interest to start kicking in, the federal government, I believe at the time, thought that the pandemic would be over and that states would be in a much better position to pay back the money. But when September 6th hit of last year, we were in the beginnings of a massive spike of Omicron, clearly nowhere near out of the pandemic. And so the arbitrary date is what I've asked them to just give us a little bit more time uh, we're happy to pay back. We will pay back the full amount, but we would hope that we could, you know, avoid paying 70 to $100 million in interest if it's not necessary. Uh, speaking of interest, you have recently proposed doing away with state laws that require the state to pay pretty steep amounts of interest on some of these overdue and unpaid bills. And while that's not immediate concern now because we've uh, paid down uh, the uh, formerly known as bill backlog, uh, it, is it a good idea to get rid of those? It seems like that would be an incentive for the state to continue on this path of 
of making those timely patients not let itself get back in the hole again. Shouldn't the state have some uh, accountability if we do get to that irresponsible point of spending months and months and months to pay off our bills? Well, number one, I've never advocated for eliminating the um, penalty in its entirety. I'm advocating for reforming what those penalties should be. And so um, I am more inclined to say that if the state is late in paying its bills, then okay, fine, there should be a penalty associated with that, but it shouldn't be overly onerous. Because the one thing we did learn about having to pay 12% interest a year, which is pretty draconian um, on late payments, is that it did absolutely nothing to stop irresponsible governors and their administrations from um, not paying their bills on time. What happened was that the government used it as a crutch because it created this whole third-party lender uh, entity that came in, they gobbled up people's debt and said, for example, if you're a struggling business and the state hasn't paid you on time, um, they'll give you 90% of what the state was supposed to pay you up front. And then they'll many times say, we'll keep the other 10%, and, but you'll get, out, you'll get 90% of your cash right now. Um, so they don't have to worry about missing payrolls and things like that. But then this third-party lender, who happened to be all these rich, connected political, ex-political people, um, they ended up uh, becoming crazy rich because they gobbled up these people's debts, kept 10%, and on top of that, kept the 12% interest that that vendor would be owed because the state was paying them late. And so it's, I think it's totally unfair, number one, that the vendor who was hurt in most cases, did not see a penny of that interest that the state was on the hook for. And it clearly did nothing to stop the prior administration from racking up the largest bill backlog in history of almost $17 billion. And that $17 billion bill backlog at 12% cost us $1.104 billion in just two years in interest payments. That's money set on fire that can never go to any useful purpose in Illinois. And so clearly... Having this, which was supposed to be a disincentive, right? It was supposed to be a deterrent from paying your bills late, ended up creating a whole third-party um, lending group of rich, politically connected lenders who really made a killing off of the prior governor killing the state's finances. And did it did help vendors get 90% of what they were owed. But, you know, Jim, I believe that vendors should get 100% of what they're owed. And if we're late on paying our bills, they're the ones who should benefit from the interest payment, not the politically connected wealthy elite, right? So that's my point. We need to reform the system. Clearly, uh, controller's office today is paying faster than we have in decades. I'm super excited about that, and I hope that that continues to be the norm, that we continue passing balanced budgets, we continue paying down our debts before we look at new spending, and that we start saving significant, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, in fact, billions of dollars over time into our rainy day fund so that we never have to go back to the days of borrowing from these wealthy connected elite vendors, but we'd actually have our own reserves in place like a good responsible household would do at home. We should do the same for the state of Illinois.